0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Journey Shaped, presented by Pastor Jeff Solner on March 24th, 2019.
1: <laughs> so, as apropos talking about uh, slave to fear, because I actually have fear uh, and addressing people. I mean, I can talk, you know, I can sing, I mean, you guys see that, but um, obviously there's this fear of... I want to be able to use, be used by God in many different ways, and but there are areas of growth that we all need to go through, and uh, Floyd uh, has challenged each of us, Jason, Alan, and I, to step out and to be shaped, uh, to be grown by God, and part of it is is studying, digging in, and actually communicating uh, what God is teaching to us as we dig into the scriptures. So... I'm going to try and attempt that this morning, and I pray that God uh, uses me uh, through this. So, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, some big things happening in, in my life and my family's life over the next couple years. I've got a, believe it or not, a daughter who's going to be graduating next year. <laughs> I can't believe it. I really can't. That also freaks me out. Uh, but also, this year, we have something big. It's actually, you say, even bigger, is Monica and I are going to be married 25 years, coming this October. Yeah, this is a picture 25 years ago. Yes, that is me. That is me. <laughs> so, um, Monica's first husband. No, that is, that is me believe it or not, dapper young fellow there. Uh, And then our our next picture, this is us, this last uh, holiday right before Christmas. One of us has changed a lot. I'll let you guys decide who that really is. But uh, my daughter, yeah, yeah. So again, so this year we get to celebrate 25 years of marriage. So whenever we were getting married, uh, about 25 years ago, we took a test. There's a lot of people, when you're going through premarital counseling, uh, you take um, a type of test, temperament tests, personality tests. I guess they're trying to see, are these people really going to work together well? We we took a a test called the Taylor-Johnson Temperament Analysis Profile. So we, I th- we separated. I think Monica and I took the test by ourselves. We answered for each other and then we answered for ourselves and then they sent it off and it came, you know, would come back and give us some information. Um, I thought the test was really going to tell how wh- perfect we were for each other, you know, that we were just, you know, the perfect match or at least that we were really good people. <clears throat> um, well, not exactly. <laughs> um, So I'm going to show up here uh, a picture of those test results. Uh, There's some, a blue line and a red line. I don't know what all the other stuff is in there, but uh, I'm not going to tell you right now who's who, but uh, there's some areas that we were maybe close, but there was more areas where we were not really close. Um, So one of these lines show, one of us is uh, really composed, while the other one maybe is a little bit, tends to be a little bit more nervous. One of us is more submissive, while the other one is more dominant. One of us is more impulsive, while one of us was more self-disciplined. So, anyone want to guess which line is who? Monica's blue. Okay. Anyone else? All right. Well... Uh, Remember, this was 25 years ago. People do change. (laughs) Uh, But the point is, we were really different from each other. Uh, We were told by our pastor at the time, uh, you guys got some work to do. This is not going to be an easy road. Um, So there's going to have to be some significant compromises made in your marriage. Uh, Some changes and possibly some reshaping. Um so we began our our, our wonderful journey and it really has been a wonderful journey for the last 25 years uh and I'm still trying to get her to be more impulsive. So um so today we're going to be talking about uh uh the story of the potter and the clay. Um we're going to continue in our series about the journey of faith in Jeremiah. If you want to turn to chapter 18, uh we're going to be focusing on verses 1 through 17. Um and so, but before we uh, we dig into that, um, I'd like to just open a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for for how you use people. God, how you change people. Um, God, we we thank you that uh, you uh, you use us in unique and special ways. Every single one of us. God, thank you for showing us and sharing with p- us people like Jeremiah who are young, and, um, but have a, a purpose, God, that you use them in specific ways, and simple ways. I pray, God, you would just use this message, uh, use this passage to touch people's lives. Amen. All right, so let's read uh, through Jeremiah chapter 18, verses, starting in verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord... Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. hand, And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good for the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom, that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken, turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return everyone from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. But they say, That is in vain. We will follow our own plans and we will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask among the nations, who has heard the like of this? The Virgin Israel has done a very horrible thing. Does the snow of Lebanon leave the crags of Syrian? Do the mountains water do the mountain waters run dry, the cold flowing streams? But my people have forgotten me. They make offering to false gods. They made them stumble in their ways in the ancient roads and to walk into side roads, not the highway, making their land a horror, a thing to be hissed at forever. Everyone who passes by it is horrified and shakes his head. Like the east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back, not my face, in the day of their calamity. So, as I was preparing for the message, I watched a lot of videos about uh, potters and potters at their wheel. You know, I'm in a creative field. I'm an architect, um, and uh, I did some, some things in school, being real creative, uh, drawing, that sort of stuff, but I never really did spend much time doing any pottery. Do we have any people that do pottery in here? Oh, darn, we have one. Uh... <laughs> All right, I'll hopefully use the right words here uh, as I describe this. But, but I will tell you um, that as I watched people doing po- uh, their potter, pottery at their potter's wheel, it's very soothing. Um, and we're going to have a video playing in the back, background as you watch uh, this very be- beautiful picture of a potter uh, forming the clay. You know, picture a potter alone in their studio they're taking this raw clay, they cut it, uh, they prepare it, they get rid of all the uh, impurities, the air bubbles, they fold it, they press it, turning it uh, to remove, um, again, to, to make sure that's consistent throughout. They make sure it's not too dry, that's not too wet or damp. They sit down in front of a wheel. The potter throws the clay and begins to center it on that wheel, their hands touching the clay. He works the clay by pushing, by squeezing, by pinching, pulling, scraping, smoothing. The potter shapes the clay into a vessel, something with a purpose, something he intended to create. So I want to talk to you guys today about the observations as I read through uh, the story of the potter and, and the clay, and as I observed uh, a potter sitting at the wheel, and the analogies together of how God works uh, in us, through us, with us, and how He works, uh, how He was communicating with Israel. So back, at, we're going to repeat Jeremiah 18, 18, sorry, 18 verses 6. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. So one of the first observations, we are the clay in the story. Maybe you say that's obvious, that's what it says. But how many times do we in our life with with God say, you know what, God, I've got this. You know, um, I think I have a better idea of what you want me to do. You know, clay is uh, very abundant, Uh, dug from the earth, um, very common. It's simply a medium or material in which our creativity or expression is made into something that it it takes shape from the ground. The role of the clay is not to imagine for itself what it should be. The second role is of the potter. Again, that is not us in the story the potter is one who has experience and vision or a plan for the clay they also have hands strong hands that give shape to the clay and isaiah 64 verse 8 says but now o lord you are our father we are the clay And you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So again, many times we think we're the potter instead of the clay. We are either ignorant or expressly ignore the fact that this is not our role. We feel that we know best and what our purpose in life is. So self-determination It's a term that you know we maybe hear a lot about Um, it's the things that our culture society prides itself on the ability to design uh, our own fate determine our own fate choose our own path it's a source of great personal satisfaction in many people self made man they say Ralph Waldo Emerson said the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be Another great philosopher, Dr. Seuss, said, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. Well, the Israelites in this passage thought this. They kept choosing not to follow God. God's here, they choose here. Instead, they follow their own desires. They chose to follow other gods they didn't uh, those gods didn't challenge them or cause them to change without the hands of the potter they were aimless they're actually deceitful evil they it says they even sacrifice their own children jeremiah 18:12 uh, we read but they say that is in vain we will follow our own plans And will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart? Ignorance. But I want you to think about about this. If you're not being molded by God, what are you being molded by? I guarantee you you're being molded by something or by someone. Are you being molded by your own thought processes? Are we being shaped by the opinions of others are we being formed by our culture the current trends or whatever is popular again you are being shaped by something I guarantee it but what is shaping you right now is it God something else someone else The second observation I want to bring your attention to is God is the master potter. God knows what he's doing. Would everyone agree with that? He knows what it takes to create and make something of worth, of value, and with purpose. We look back at the beginning in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. King David said in Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And nothing, again, that we did, but by God's hands, it says in Ephesians 2, verses 10, For we are his workmanship. It's not by our works. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So how many times do we forget, again, that we aren't the master potter? We don't know what's best. Scripture tells us we are not the potter, that God is the potter. He is the master So another item uh, that I was, as I was reading through this, uh, the potter's wheel is where we are shaped. You know, the potter forms the clay. They throw it uh, on the center of this wheel that turns. And that is where the forming takes place. Not on a shelf, not in back room, um, but on the potter's wheel. And God needs us on that wheel so and centered in order to do his work on us. Got some props. <laughs> so the potter or potters, whenever they're working with their clay, they have tools that they use. We've got a few of them here. There's, this looks really dangerous, but this is used to cut clay from uh, from the block of clay to so the size that they need. We've got a sponge for water. We've got uh, some various other tools. Some of them look pretty dangerous to me. Uh, <laughs> And uh, they're used at different points and different stages during uh, the creation of the vessel. So the potter uses his tools uh, like circumstances throughout our life. As he turns the wheel, he's in control. of The speed of the wheel, when it stops, when it starts, his hands on the clay, when he's pressing, too much pressure, less pressure... We need to trust the potter and remain on the potter's wheel as his hands continue to shape and mold us. His tools cut, they scrape. They make us unique. Each each piece of pottery is unique and it has a totally different purpose. The potter has the creative vision of what the vessel's going to be, and not us, that's his role and not ours. God uses events and sometimes hard things in our lives to, to shape us, to form us, to make us unique for His purpose. I want to read in Romans chapter five, uh, verse three is going to be up on the string uh, on the screen. I'm going to read a little bit before and after. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that... But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's personal. Whenever the potter is working uh, in their studio, um, it's personal. Their hands are directly on that clay. Those tools are a direct extension of his purpose in life. He creates beauty with those. I mean, some of these, I don't know how they do this. Uh, This was actually made in, in Costa Rica. Some beautiful designs. Some of this you guys may recognize uh, from a, a potter here, one of the Pueblos. Beautiful designs as they create this pot and then use these tools to etch into it. So, some examples of how God shaped me. We've all—I think—we all have examples of. Could be some, some hard things in life, maybe some good things. So growing up, um, I didn't have what people would say normally is a father figure. I mean, there's a lot of people in this life who uh, didn't have normal uh, nuclear families. Um, but whenever I was about 10, 11 years old, uh, my mom was divorced, and I didn't have a father figure in my life. I didn't have a role model to learn from to figure out how to be the person, a man that I, that I needed to be. I was a believer at that time, but I was searching for something or someone that I could mold myself after. And I was struggling. I was actually worried that um, I wouldn't get it right. I wouldn't be a good dad. I didn't have a good example. I couldn't rely on an earthly father. I learned, though, that God provides exactly what we need when we need it. I had some great friends. I had an awesome youth pastor that whenever I was searching, God said, you know what? Talk to them. Showed me that. God's word has plenty to say about who I need to be and who I'm going to become and how he wanted me to live. And it was powerful. It was really powerful uh, to know that, you know what, And I, part of my testimony, you know, there's a lot of people who get messed up. They turn away from God because they don't have any positive role models. But that's an excuse. We have a role model and I just thank God that he put the right people in my life at the right time that said, you know what, here it is. This is their answer. Another example, uh, when I was young, um, my mom had uh, a lot of tough circumstances. She had to live, live and work through uh, with when Amy and I were real young. And I shouldn't say too young. Again, when I was around 10, Amy was uh, older than I was. But she had to work really, really hard and um, sometimes two or three jobs just to support our family. Um, Through that, she taught me uh, to be strong, to have a strong disciplined work ethic, to be dependable and to have integrity. And I can't tell you how valuable that is and how God shaped me uh, using those difficult circumstances. Another more recent example uh, had a, a project that I'm working on right now, actually been the last couple of years. It's called the J.J. Pickle Building in Austin, Texas. It's been, let me tell you, really difficult. Um, and it's a large project, and but our scope is actually really pretty small. And one of this is renovating bathrooms on like 13 floors. Well, we did the design, the, started under construction, and there were some people um, that decided that you know I didn't know what they didn't didn't think that I knew what I was doing. They were challenging uh, my ability to do my job and my value, my worth. They were degrading to me actually, and. Um, I was reminded through that, uh, through different circumstances, that my value, my worth, has nothing to do with that. My value, my worth, is uh, shown to me by my father, the potter. Amen. Amen. And that, God doesn't see me as someone who's messing up. He sees me as his creation, a beautiful creation, potter. So, I, uh, (laughs) you guys may be wondering what this is. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, You know, I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, doing my research um, on pottery, I don't have a potter's wheel, Um, but I, you know, got some clay, and I said, okay, I can do this, I'm creative. Well, this is figure number one. (laughs) There probably won't be a figure number two, but, um, y- you know, there, there's uh, a lot to learn by working with our hands and um, trying to cre- make something creative uh, and beautiful, uh, which this really isn't, um, but, uh, you know, our God, uh, he is, um, he's amazing. He did such a much better job than I did in creating us. And creating who I am today, I am so glad that I took it out of my hands and put it in God's hands to shape me of who I am. And that's nothing to say uh, to put me up on a pedestal and the decisions I made, that's all to contribute to God. One of the last things uh, we can be reshaped by the master's hands. Jeremiah 18.4, it says, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. Israel was like the spoiled vessel. They rejected the hand of God that protected and gave them life. If we look back in one chapter before in Jeremiah 17, verses 23, it says, Yet they did not listen or incline their ear but stiffened their neck that they might not hear and receive instruction. Ignorance. If Israel would have just listened and obeyed, God says that he would remake them or refashion them into a vessel that would allow him to continue to bless them. Onward in Jeremiah 17, verses 24 and 27, it says that he he would remake Jerusalem. He would make it a place that kings and queens would come through the gates and make it a great city again. If they would just listen. He'd make them a prosperous city. Sometimes there's things in our life, the clay, like stiffness, I say like our hard heart, Lumps is in the clay, could be like unconfessed sin, air pockets, I relate that to pride. Inconsistencies in the clay. It's like competing priorities for the throne in our life. That the potter knows it will make it difficult for him to form a useful vessel with those things in the clay. Or at least make it so that when it's fired that it doesn't break which would make it unusable and force it to be thrown to the potter's field. Don't believe the lie from Satan. John 10.10 said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So God loves us too much to leave us unchanged. We've got to believe that. Not just a lump of clay. Not just figure number one. Or we've tried to do it on our own. We need to recognize God's sovereignty in our life. He is in control. He is the potter. And we are the clay. God wants his people to yield. To give over life. Our life to his control. He is the potter. And we are the clay. He wants to shape us into something. That he can use. Not that we think we can use. Something he can use. He wants us to stay and play. On the potter's wheel. And remain pliable. To remain workable. Changeable to follow his plan, his purpose. God wants us to never give in to the lie. The lies from Satan and the world that we are worthless. That we're broken, misshapen, marred, or without purpose. It just breaks my heart to hear the stories of people um, that feel like they're so broken and worthless. Even with our flaws, the master potter lets nothing go to waste. Whenever a pot is being made, some pottery, and something happens in the clay that makes it fail, the potter just doesn't, "Ah, that's worthless and throw it away. No, they remake the potter, they reuse it. And even when I learned this, that as they're working a pot Uh, and it's even set out to dry and it cracks after a day or two, that's not the end. All you have to do is put it in water and let it reconstitute and be able to use that clay again. So again, even with our flaws, the master potter lets nothing go to waste. His heart is to, to remake, reshape, and repurpose us with his plan, not ours. Have you given in to the lies? Do you know someone maybe around you that's given in to the lies? Have you made your own path without God? And you find yourself lost or maybe even alone? I want to remind you that God has given everything to you and to you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Even as Jeremiah laments over Israel and its decision not to follow uh, God's plan and their continued resistance to follow God, he says in Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God's love for us predates our birth, even Israel's birth, our existence. There is nothing we can do to ever change his love for us, for you. Nothing. This love confirms his faithfulness to us, that he will never leave nor forsake you. Never. One of, I think, a lot of people's favorite verses we find in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God only wants what's best for us. Let God be the potter and the ruler of your life. I want to close with uh, some words from a, a Christian uh, many centuries ago. His name was Irenaeus from the second century, and he writes, he writes this much more eloquently than I could ever do it. From God's Hands is the title. It is not you who shape God. It is God who shapes you. If then you are the work of God, await the hand of the artist who does all things in due season. Offer the potter your heart, soft and tractable, and keep the form in which the artist has fashioned you. Let your clay be moist, lest you grow hard and lose the imprint of the Father's fingers. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, first, God, for sending your Son to die for us, God, your love for us. God, help us to give over everything, God, to you. We give control to you. And recognize, God, that you know what's best for us. You want to make us into something useful, something purposeful for your plan. God, your vision for us is so much more than what we can envision for our lives and plan for our lives. God, we we want to recognize, God, what you've given for us. How much you love us, and in those times when we we 've taken control and we feel what 's best, and we end up broken, alone, lost, knowing that God you can remake us, you can reshape us into your purpose, your plan, that we are not broken, we 're not trash. We are of value, God, to you. I pray there may be people here right now, God, that, that maybe don't know you. Or maybe they know you, but they've traveled down a path, God, that has left them broken, God. I pray that you reveal to them and know in their heart of hearts that you have a purpose. You have a plan. And that you love them. God, we, we thank you for this opportunity that we get to come here as a church. And we get to be molded by you. That we get to feel your hands on us as you change us. It's a great feeling to know that you are in control of that God, we we thank you for this image, God, that you've given to us. God, I pray that you would, each of us, that we wouldn't leave here not changed. God, that you've touched our hearts in some way that has um, made us more, made us your creation, God. God, I thank you your precious name we pray.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You are invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info@soulrio.com. at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.